Thank you for tuning in to the Katie K9 Show. We're here at the Great Minnesota State Fair. It's, it's really, this is unbelievable. I knew Diggs here at My Talk 107. We're right next to Northern Hydraulics, so please stop in. Uh, if we very, we're feeling very superior, Dr. Jessica Levy and myself, because we, we stay we stand very high up. <laughs> we are above the crowd. Yes, we are. We're above the crowd. Makes a little nervous. I'd rather be even keel, but that's just the way things are. Dr. Jessica Levy, holistic vet, is with us today, giving uh, great answers as usual. And so how can they get a hold of you, Dr. Levy? Uh, through my website, holistic-vet-care.com. All right. There you go. And we got a gal that's been waiting. And oops, I hit myself with the mic. Uh, she's got a question. Hold on. Okay, I have a four-year-old cat, and he's losing his fur on his tummy. We've tried allergy medicine, anxiety, and we changed his food to Fromm's. He still is losing his hair on his belly. Okay. You want to feel it? I, the, it's, go ahead. Um, I guess you're, you're the mic handler. Okay. Okay, so the Fromm's, is that dry food? Yep. Yes, it is. Okay, stop doing that. Okay. Okay, dry food is, is not good for cats. Um, okay. Dry food is way too high carbohydrate for cats. So, you know, when you have this um, excessive grooming or barbering, yes. um, you know, it, sometimes uh, the veterinary term is psychogenic alopecia, where there's something psychologically going on with these cats. Um, but actually, there was a study that showed that they all have food hypersensitivities as well. And so, like, the typical conventional treatment for this cat would be to put him on a prescription diet and put him on Kitty Prozac. So what I would and propose... we're not going to do that. Right, we're not going to do that. Good. We are going to get the carbohydrates out of the cat's food. So now you can feed a wide variety of grain-free canned foods. Okay. You have to have feeding times, right, because canned food can't sit out. And I would encourage you to introduce some raw food. So you go get yourself some raw food that's made for cats. There's one brand out there called Rad Cat that cats typically adore right off the bat. So even if he won't eat the raw food, you start with a pencil eraser sized amount of raw food and you put it underneath his grain-free canned food. And you can do that for the rest of the cat's life and it will really help improve his uh, health overall. At the same time, you get a probiotic and you open your capsule of probiotic and you tap out just a little bit onto the cat's food every day. What? No, this cat would just... I just came. I said, I said, I. <laughs> oh, okay. And then you do the same thing with fish oil. You know, uh, the dose for cats is like a drop, basically. So you can get a liquid fish oil and use a drop. If you take a capsule yourself, you could poke a hole in it and put a drop onto the cat's food. Just be aware some fish oil is too fishy for some cats. They're not all going to love it. Um, and, of course, like there's differences between the brands as far as flavor that we don't know because we just swallowed the capsule. Yeah. Because I'm not going to drink that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you just have to kind of experiment with these things, but that's what I would start with. Um, and Nutrisources came out with eight new ones that are, do not have chicken in it. Almost every cat food has chicken in it, and then they started having chicken aversions. And so now they got eight new ones canned, you know, and then Pure Vita has some canned ones too. But my cats love the Nutrisource ones. You remember, right. you don't want to do fish more than two times a week because of the heavy metal content. Okay, same with dogs. Don't no fish no more than two. The salmon and the um, tuna, okay, from a heavy metal. So you, but there's like I said, they got eight new ones to choose from, and just you know buy a, you know a can of each and see which one he likes and try to rotate. But some cats take change really hard, and just like what she was saying, you start out with just a sliver of what you're feeding now, and then try to rotate right. it in. But, but some basically, cats every time you open a new can, it should be something totally different. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, I buy a bunch of different kinds of canned foods. I only have one cat right now who's eating any canned food. My other two cats are completely on raw. 
And so I just, you know, keep them stacked willy-nilly on my kitchen countertop, and every time we just grab something different, and that's and what And everybody get. wants to put them in their freezer, I mean, the refrigerator, you know, after you open the can. This is the only cat you have? Three, three cats? Okay, you should just do this with all three, to be honest with you. you oh, know, yeah, it'll be easier. So just uh, split that can into thirds, and yep. that's kind of what they'll eat. Yep. Yep, yep. And so the and then Yeah, and then I would give a probiotic. I would give a little bit of fish oil. And for something like that, you know, if you think about, well, what about the mental aspect of it? What about the emotional issue? So um, typically with cats, there's always going to be a hierarchy within the household, right? And it's kind of the bottom tier cat who's going to do the extra grooming. But it's really hard for us to tell. You know, to our eyes, the cats will seem to be, you know, dominant or submissive. And, like, we really can't tell what their interactions are, but they know. Um, And so for something like that, I would just go to a health food store, get yourself some Rescue Remedy. Rescue Remedy is a flower remedy that has the top five flowers for stress and anxiety. I would get the regular human Rescue Remedy. I don't usually use the pet one. Um, And then just put a drop or two in their water bowl every single day. Okay. And that will take care of the emotional aspect. If that's not enough, then we can look at supplements that contain minerals. But with cats, there's kind of an upper limit of how much stuff you can get into them. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta do baby steps. Cause yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're but, a cat but owner, should, you know. <laughs> but that should pretty much, you know, yeah. I would expect that that to, that to take care of it. Rescue remedy is the kind of thing with flower remedies. They are completely non-toxic. You cannot do any harm to your cat. It could take several weeks to see, you know, a complete response. Yep. But yeah, just just hang in there and then get... Yeah. And, uh, and if you have more than one water bowl, you just put a drop in every single water bowl in your house. And Dr. Jess, how can she get a hold of you? Uh, through my website, holistic-vet-care.com. All right. Thank you for your question. Have a great day at the fair. Bye-bye. All right. You got a question? I have a question. Okay, hold on. We got another... How much time are we sitting on here? Okay, hold on. It'll be quick. Uh, It'll be quick. I have a new girlfriend, but that's not my question. It's the pr- the problem is her dog. So when I'm over there during the evenings, overnight, the dogs. Does your mother know this? You know, this is people do listen to this show. <laughs> no, 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 no. So we're having a little problem. The dog's house trained for the most part, but when the dog gets kicked out of her bed and I'm over there overnight, then the dog has a problem with uh, going in in the den at night. And so what you got, that's very common. You know, the, the pack is uh, uh, shift. And so, yeah, does, uh, uh, does the dog sleep with you when he's not around? Yeah. Okay, and that's it. Right now, if you, uh, this, you want this relationship to work, uh, the dog has to get kicked off the bed. And so she's got, oh, look at that face. Uh, <laughs> because the new norm now, because otherwise you will keep wrestling with this, okay? And so the dog needs to, where they can sleep next to your bed, you know, maybe either kennel or tether to the you know bed frame, or, you know, where she has a nice little pillow. Some people put like a night, uh, uh, like a really nice kennel on top of the nightstand, so the dog is at the same level, but not in the bed. And so that's what, and the dog's not going to love you any less, okay? But then also what I would suggest with you is that you need to take a, hello, there we go. Uh, <laughs> you need to start taking the dog for a walk, start feeding the dog. I would even as much as get a trick book and start teaching the dog tricks so that you build kind of a relationship, you know, with the dog. So then the dog is, is not so out of joint when you're over. Uh, but if the only time she gets kicked out of bed is when he's, believe it or not, it's not him, though. It's, the, it's, it's being kicked off the bed. 
Okay, so that's the thing. It's not necessarily well, but he he's the reason why he's kicked out of the bed. But the dog, I don't feel is taken. It's not because of you in a way. You know what I mean? Like I don't like you here. Hillary was here. <laughs> okay, but I would start try to you know mellow, you know be more friendly. Teach it to like get a trick book. Uh, there's a book out there called Ten Minute Dog Games by Sundance. Uh, pick out something. You pick out something and and do that. Otherwise, like I say, if you do, if you just know she dog's got to be in bed when he's not around, then when you do take off the bed, he's in a kennel next to the bed or whatever type thing. So that then he can't go and do things throughout the house. That's a very good question, and you might, that's a very uh, very realistic. That happens more often than not. Thank you. you betcha. You bet. There you go. Look at that face. Oh, take the dog off the bed. No, don't let the dog off the bed. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, well. Oh, you know what? I forgot to give the trivia question. How many hot dogs? You put long hot dogs. How many miles? Do you have a guess? Okay, wait a minute. How many? How, how many miles? You send, send them end to end of all the foot, the foot long hot dogs that are sold here at the State Fair each year in 12 days. How many miles would that make? 32. Okay. Carly, do you have an idea? Um, I'm going to say 40. Uh, we, you guys are pretty uh, close. 35 miles. Oh, 35 wow. miles of hot dogs at the footlongs, you know, end yeah. to end on 12 days of, I wanted to say 12 days of Christmas, 12 days of the fair. <laughs> it's the same thing. Christmas. There you Just go. Kidding. Okay. Let's see. Of, uh, on average, what's the total number of corn dogs typically consumed by fair guests each, each year? Total number of... Uh, of uh, corn dogs, not Prano Pups, corn dogs, and then the Tom Thumb Donuts, what year were they invented? Okay. Are we, are we answering this right now? Oh, I thought we had to go. Um, we still have I thought a it was solid true. minute left. Oh, solid minute? Yeah. Okay, well then we got something to bring up. We brought up about <laughs> don't bring your dogs to festivals like the Renaissance and stuff like that. Leave the dog at home. You think you're having fan, fan, fun time with them. The dogs are saying this sucks because they have to dodge people's feet. And, and uh, there's no air movement down there by the legs and stuff right, like right, that. Right. And, and they, then they might be scooping yeah. up the food. Yeah, and they, they can't blow off heat like we can. So right. dogs are not good at perspiring. They can perspire through the pads of their feet, and then they can pant. Um, so they go into heat stress a lot faster than people. And, you know, it seems like every year you see a dog trapped in somebody's car <laughs> in the heat with the windows yes. rolled up. And you'd think that by now everybody would know not to just don't take your dog with, with you. you. Well, if, it, if it's 60 degrees, under 60 degrees, then bring your dog. Anything 61 and up, leave your dog right. at home. Right, but even if I leave my dogs in the car when it's 60 degrees or less, I still crack the windows. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, but still, I mean, but yeah, I just, and, but people are still stupid enough to leave kids in the cars. You know, we ain't got a oh, prayer with dogs, too. you know. Yeah. <laughs> but you just got to be more mindful. That's that's the main name of the game. You got to be more mindful. So that was kind of nice to have Stella and Gracie, Grace here, you know, know royalty. Like that true fair nice. royalty. I know it. I was just, I was like in awe. I liked the tiaras. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I took a picture of them because they each, oh, like, their crowns were different. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the princess had an actual crown and then the, the Miss the princess Miss Albertville Miss had it, yep. uh, tiara. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. Hey, you got oh, we got a couple questions, and so we'll answer them when we come back. Uh, we'd like to get, and we're live at the Minnesota State Fair. Don't forget to podcast us. The FL, get the My Talk app. Uh, if you come to the Minnesota State Fair, you get a T-shirt for five bucks. If you get to download our app, um, it's just a regular My Talk and then My Talk T-shirt. And then we also have you know Jason's and Alexis. T- hey, girl, hey. And then we got uh, uh, Bradley and Colleen and Lori and Julie's T-shirt. And uh, did I miss anybody? I hope not. I don't have one. Hey, yes, right you into the station. Donna and Steve. Oh. Don and Steve. Okay, there you go. You have Don and Steve's uh, t-shirt, too. And hopefully, maybe next year, Katie Kane and I will have a t-shirt. Then we'll have to figure out what it's going to say. Uh, so, anyway. Okay. So, trivia? Yes. 
Yes, oh, yes, Okay, yes. what did I say? Okay, what was the number of corn dogs totally, consu- or totally consumed by fair guests each year? How many corn dogs? Okay, Tom Thumb Donuts, what year were they invented? And how many dozens of mini donuts are eaten each year? How many dozen of mini donuts? We'll be back. <laughs> we're giving out sunglasses. Abigail came out and said, hey, we got sunglasses. And so we found a couple kids over here and a couple kids back there. And they got sunglasses. Well, I talk sunglasses. So that was kind of nice of Abigail to bring these out. So that was cool. Okay, here we go. You ready? For the trivia. Okay. What was it? Oh, okay. On the average, what is the total number of corn dogs typically consumed uh, by fair guests, uh, fair guests every year? Do you have any idea, Dr. Des? 12,000. Okay. This is for 12, years of, 12 days of the fair. 12,000 corn dogs, correct? Oh, okay, Carly? Oh, oh, I see. I see. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. I was talking to our winner. What was the question again? <laughs> the, an- the, t- the correct answer is 26,000. <laughs> Ooh, maybe. Maybe. Um, okay. How many corn dogs? If she said 26,000, I feel 26. like I need to say like 24,000. Okay, let's try 365,000 oh, corn dogs. 365,000 corn dogs. Isn't that unbelievable? Wow. Okay. That makes my and stomach then, hurt. Okay, yeah. How many dozens of mini donuts are eaten each year? Dozens? Oh, wow. Dozen. How many dozens? Oh, 52,000. <laughs> That's a lot. Dozens. I know, but a lot of people come to the fair. Like millions of people come I to the fair. How many dozens? Okay, you know right? what we just and did? How many people are We just had 365,000 corn dogs. I know, oh, so duh. I feel like it's oh, I really a lot. Let's go like a hundreds, little below this. It's like hundreds. Okay, 338,000 yeah. dozens of do- Tom Thumb donuts. Yeah. 338,000 nice. dozen. That makes you know how many, sense. What that equals to? Four million individual donuts. Good. Oh, that's Lord, millions people. of those little ones. Now my stomach really hurts. That's crazy. We're going to go eat mini donuts after this. Yeah, KLM Uh, was nice enough to give us a basket to give away, and the winner of that basket was? Um, Michelle Dunkel from Jordan, Minnesota. Oh, nice. Congratulations, Michelle. We greatly appreciate you. Yeah. Okay, so what, we got a question waiting on the line? We have two questions. Okay, but yes, let's Our to the first question is from Susie. Susie has a question about supplements for her dog. All right. Hi, Susie. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good. What kind of pupper do you have? Um, I've got two miniature poodles. And how old? Um, well, Roxy's going to be 11 on Tuesday. And uh, Coco's going to be 10 in December. Okay. And so what's, what, do you look, what kind of supplements do you want? Well, you know, I attended your um, seminar on nutrition back in okay. May. The one that was supposed to be in April, but we got snowed out. Oh, okay. Yeah, we got snowed out. Snowed out. Yeah. <laughs> and we talked okay. a lot about supplements at that time. But it seems as though CBT has come out to be the end all as far as supplements right. are concerned for dogs. And I was wondering what you and Dr. Levy had to say about that. Wait, what? Say CBC oil. CBD, CBD oil. Oh, CBD? It kind of yeah. turned out to be the end all of supplements. Um, Has it really? Just, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of hype. Well, there's a lot of hype. Yes, there's a lot of hype. And it's being promoted as being good for just about anything. Oh, I know. And I, I have clients who are using it for just about anything. So I posted this question on my Facebook page for Holistic Veterinary Care just to see what people were using it for. The problem is that from the veterinary standpoint, there has not been any research into CBD oil for animals. And, you know, because it was available over the counter, like as soon as somebody invented it, you could go buy it at your local pet food store, you could buy it on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, research nowadays is really profit-driven. 
And if it's not a prescription prof, uh, if not a prescription product, if there's not a profit motive, there's just not going to be research. So actually, you know, there's in the mainstream literature there has not been discussion about it, and we just don't know a lot about what's going on with it. I would okay. say if you're going to use any kind of CBD oil, why not make sure it's organically grown? Like, I always think if you're going to use a medicinal herb, don't go spray Roundup on it yeah. before you take it. It's very true. And then, you yeah. know, you'll just have to try it. I have, I have clients who are using it for seizures and cancer and storm phobia and anxiety and allergies and everything under the sun. But, you know, that, that question that I posted on my Facebook page did... Uh, if you want to check it out, it did generate a lot of interesting responses. Some people had success with it. Some people did not. So I guess that's what it is. You just I gotta, fe- Yeah, I felt that I got pretty good information just from casting it out there and kind of saying, hey, you know, what, right. are, what are y'all it's, doing it's, with it's it? Just, it you know, it's just coming out to the forefront. You know, I mean, there's not, like you say, studies and stuff right. like that. Right, and the thing is, like, I tried to research it, and basically all the information that I found, every website was somebody who was selling it. Okay. And okay. it's like, yeah, you can't, you can't say this product is awesome, and then like, oh, by the way, buy it from me. That's true. So, yep. you so that's anything that indicates it's harmful? Um, not so far. I don't think that people are really giving their pets a ton of it. But again, um, I would stick with an organic product if I was going to try it. Okay. Okay. okay thank you. Okay, kiddo. Good question, though, yeah, because good. it is kind of all the oh, rage right is. now. Yeah. But it's kind of like the like you know, several months ago, colostrum was the thing, and yep. then you know, a few months before that, there was something else that was like, oh my god, this is the best thing. And well, the thing is, my my guess would be is my my thought would be is I, I'll give it a shot, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Right. You know what I mean? So right. it's, it's not going to harm. Uh, you know, unless you're going to give a whole buttload right, of it. Kind of kind of, <laughs> but, but the stuff that's made for animals is THC free, okay. right? Because it's available over the counter. All right. And so I know that, you know, a lot of people can get the stuff that's made for humans that maybe does have some THC in it that I would probably not use for an animal. Okay, THC is? Uh, like the active ingredient in marijuana. Oh, okay. I, I, like, I don't know much about it. <laughs> it's okay. not my area of expertise but you know i i've had to treat animals for um uh you know pot inhalation toxicity so oh good grief they they probably should not have psychoactive drugs how about that yeah yeah Yeah, it's like just anything you know like just like with the federal fda came out about grain-free foods and lacking of taurine and such like that it's all new you know what i mean it's it's just you know everybody goes nuts on it you know just step back pay attention yeah and i I don't think the research is conclusive that's exactly yeah we really don't know what's going on so you know my advice for that is like well you know we know that we should probably avoid processed foods yeah a a diet that is made completely of processed foods is not going to be good for you if your doctor said to you Hey, everything you eat needs to come out of a bag or a box, okay? Don't eat anything fresh. Like, you would know that that is not good advice. Right, right. right. So hopefully, that, like I said, I would, because I've tried the uh, the True Dog hemp uh, uh, treats for Gilligan for, you know, the Thunder, and it does help. I, I haven't tried the oil itself yet, but I, I, I tried mm-hmm. those two from True Dog, and it, it really does, he's not as... You know, he, he's gotten better anyway with it, mm-hmm. but uh, I, th- I really think it's, it's helped him out, so... I picked up a brochure over at Woody's. There is a company called Super Now, and um, they're non-GMO, no pesticides, no herbicides, and no cruelty testing. So, oh, good. Sounds like it's a pretty good customer. Yeah, and it you know, it, and it just depends. Like we don't really know how the stuff is manufactured, so it's either going to work or it isn't. But actually, one of my clients told me about some product that she used. It was a treat or something called 
quiet moments. Oh, yeah? And she said that for thunderstorm phobia, that was the bomb. Oh, really? Yeah, and I, I looked it up, and it's just made of, like, you know, chamomile and, like, um... A lot of the, you know, calming supplements are made of the sedating herbs, and this was really just kind of soothing herbs okay. and really did seem like a nice product. Oh. Great. Okay. Well, that's, that's, it's just like with anything. You just like supplements for humans. Well, one person will tout the pleasures of this. Another person will try it and say, ah, sure. excuse me. You know, all our systems are different. All we can do is that people are giving us information. Look out. Just don't jump on the bandwagon. You know, look into it. Read up a little bit so that you're just kind of aware about, you know, all everything. And then you d- decide for yourself, you know. so that, And, and we, there's, you know, what you recommend uh, from time to time. That's, that's a tried and true. You know, they've been around a while. And you know for sure they're going to work on most dogs. But still, it doesn't work on all dogs. Right. Mm. And with, with a lot of um, herbal supplements, particularly, like you can develop a tolerance to them over time. So, like, um, my sister-in-law, uh, you know, she started taking melatonin for her insomnia okay. and gradually had to take more and more melatonin until she was taking it by the handful but oh, still Lordy. not sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, so you really, if you're using... Bush light works well. (laughs) (laughs) If you're using an herbal supplement often, you will need to take a break from it at some point because you're going to develop a tolerance. Okay. Okay, does that help you at all, kiddo? Yes, it does. Thank you. Good luck. Keep us posted on what you find out, okay? If it helps you or whatever. That's how we're going to find out, you know, through people trying things and and seeing what it works. And you're all right, though. You can build up a tolerance to it, and all of a sudden, you know, like some dogs are on Benadryl. There's a golden retriever once. This was years back. He was on 15 Benadryls a day. 15! Yeah, it's it's just not working. Oh, my Lord. For allergies, I'm like, okay, let's change the diet, you know, so it's crazy. Oh, well, trivia time. Yes, it is. Okay. See, we don't have a clock or anything here. We got to tell management that. I have no idea. I'm looking at my. Ri- I'm glad I remember my watch. <laughs> okay, we got Sweet Martha's. They d- they built a new building just north of us here. And how many cookies can Sweet Martha's cookie jar produce in one day? How many in one day? You know that sounds kind of good. <laughs> okay. Do you? Okay. When we come back, I'll let you answer it. Okay. We'll be right back. Hey, hey, we're finally getting some shade here at the My Talk new booth here. This booth is spectacular. We're very high up. <laughs> we look down on everybody here. And so it's like, I'm just glad it's not any higher than this. I'd have to go out there because then I, I don't like high things. I'm scared of heights. I agree. I'm scared of heights. So anyway, so we got a crew that because we're getting kind of shade here, that was all open there. I mean, people were roasting it, so not many people stayed. So so I thank you guys for stopping by. Yeah, no, it was really hot. Yeah, it's just crazy. So anyway, so thank you for tuning in to the KDK9 show. Don't forget, oh, you can podcast me. Go to KDK9 show page on, uh, let's see, mytalk1071.com, mytalk1071.com, and go to my show page, and you can hit my website, my Facebook page, and podcast me, and that's what, uh, and you can also get the MyTalk app. And if you come to the booth, uh, you can get a MyTalk t-shirt for $5 if you get the MyTalk app. So try that one. It's a black shirt, but it looks nice. Okay. Okay, who's up? We have Michelle. Oh, wait a minute. I wait, forget. wait a minute, wait a minute. Trivia. This, this lady knows the answer. Oh, oh do you know that? Yeah, that's what I mean. I forgot what trivia. <laughs> Whatever okay. the trivia question yeah, okay. was. What, you know what the trivia was? What is how many cookies does Martha Stewart? Or did, they, did you guys look it up? Martha Stewart? Martha. 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 Did I did it again. Yeah. I did that the every, other day, every too. <laughs> Sweet Martha's cookies. There we go. Sweet Martha's cookies. Well, I don't know. I did that the other night, too, when I was talking about it. How many in, in, oh, okay, in one day, how many cookies can Sweet Martha's cookie jar produce in one day? Do you, did you know? 
You, in if, the front row. You I, said you, you knew. You said you knew. What was it? Oh, yeah. I thought you said money. Oh. Oh. No, no, no. Cookies. How many cookies do they make in one day? In one day. Give it a guess. 120,000? What do you think? Do you see that? Oh, I like this. Yeah. I'll say 150,000. Okay, D, what do you say, Carly? I'm going to say 175,000. You ready for this? In one day, folks, three million cookies. <laughs> in We're one day, off. Martha's cookies. Three million in one day. Yikes. Isn't that unbelievable? That's a lot. That's a lot That's of a cookies. Lot. I, I baked scones this morning. Okay, what's the favorite pie entered? <laughs> what's the favorite pie entered in the state fair? What's the favorite pie? What's the, what's the most? Sorry about that. What? What? Apple. Yep. Apple pie. Well, that's it. That's the it's wrong. It's the apple pie. That's the wrong. It's the most Very popular. Standard. The most popular flavor entered is apple. I don't care. It's about what I want. Okay. <laughs> me, me, oh, me, okay. me. It's about me. Since I don't. <laughs> it's about me. I don't it's get to be at the fair with you guys. It's about me now. There you go. There okay. you go. Okay. Who's up to bat? Okay. We have Michelle on the line, and she has a question about a cat's pancreas. Pancreas. All right. Okay, hi. Hello. What kind of cat do you have? How old? Uh, she's 14 years old, and okay. she came to us as a stray um, right. 14 years ago, and we ended up keeping her, but my husband and I are allergic to cats, so she's been in our garage. She has a home in there and everything, so we keep her warm and cold and whatever. That's nice of you. When you're allergic to cats yeah. and you take one in, I'm impressed. Thanks. <laughs> she's a wonderful cat, but... Um, about a couple months ago, she started throwing up a little bit more than, you know, once, you know, before once in a while, but a little bit more. So I tried a couple of things. I tried, like, the good gut for her. She wouldn't eat the food that it was sprinkled on. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of put in some wet food here and there for her. And we did take her to the vet, and her, they think she's got uh, the pancreatitis or uh, her is it FPL was uh-huh. 9.5, and so they put her on some sensitive uh, food, like things that I think it's called a hill. That sounds familiar. Uh huh. Oh yeah. And and she doesn't like it. <laughs> and she and so I tried some of our food that I used to give her. I think it's like a BFF that she's like uh-huh. canned or dried. Uh, the can or like it's in a pouch. Okay. Uh-huh. And she won't eat that either. So I, she wasn't eating, so I did go back to her dry food, which is the Nutrisource. But uh-huh. um, I'm thinking, you know, this might cause problems again if I can't get her switched over uh-huh. to some kind of wet food. Right. Right, absolutely. Yeah, you got to get this cat off of dry food. Yep. Um, so if you're going to feed a dry food, you know, make sure that it's uh, grain-free. Okay. Um, but even so, that's still going to backfire on you. Yep. And so, what okay. you can what you can do is, Katie actually has really good ideas about how to get cats to eat uh, canned food. But your canned food needs to be also grain free, and you need to have variety. And for a cat like this, um, you might want to avoid chicken for the rest of her life. Yeah. Nutrisources came okay. out with eight new canned ones. So, yeah. So even in the dry food, chicken free, but dry food is still going to make her vomit. Yep. Probably. So pancreatitis is inflammation of the pancreas, right? And your pancreas is what needs to produce your digestive enzymes so that you can digest your food. Um, and it also produces insulin. So 
you know, when when you have pancreatitis associated with vomiting, you have to change the diet as fast as you possibly can. So if there's okay. any any canned food that she will eat that is grain-free, I would feed it to her. But realistically, with a cat like this, you're going to need to have great variety. You need to be able to offer her something different at every meal. Because a lot of times with a cat like this, you open something new and they're like, hey, this is awesome. I love it. And you're like, oh, thank God. I found something the cat will eat. You open another mm-hmm. can of it and they'll look at you like you're trying to poison them. Yeah. yeah. So, yep. <laughs> yeah. So you need, you need to go to the pet food store and you need to buy a can of this and a can of that and a can of this and a can of that and get like 15 different things, just one can of each. There's lots of grain-free foods available. And every time, every meal, you just give her something different. But warning, though, I'm sorry, but almost everything has chicken in it. Other than Nutrisource's ones that just came out with eight yeah, you new do flavors to... without chicken. Because uh, I had another well, gal. one then. Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, what I did with my uh, Walter, because I couldn't find grain freeze without freaking chicken. And so uh, what happened was is that I would feed him dog food every once in a while. I'd get the canned dog food. You know, grain-free canned dog food, and I would do that. You know, once in a while. You know, not every day, but you know, in row. You know, what I mean, I'd give him yeah. that day. He would get canned dog yeah, food, now, and the rest of it yeah, would go nowadays, to the dogs. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of stuff available because oh. you have that Koha brand. That's all like you know, kangaroos, oh, and know. guinea hens, and all that kind of brouhaha. Yeah. There's yeah, there's a lot of stuff available. Another good option would be to go to a place like Woody's Pet Food Deli. Mm-hmm. And, you know, get their cooked or their raw product. I mean, raw obviously would be ideal. And get your cat to eat that. And you might just have to start introducing things slowly. There's a really good book out there called Your Cat by Elizabeth Hodgkins. And she has a really good chapter about how to feed raw and how to get your cat to eat it. And see, with the get oh. grain-free canned, what you could do is put a little bit of warm water on it. Cause cats love to lick things. They don't like to chew things. And so put a little bit of warm water and kind of make a gravy with it. And they'll, you know, you know, not a sloppy gravy, you know, <laughs> but a little right. bit of warm and And, and they, the, nine times out of ten, the cat will eat it. Yeah. Most cats okay. like the pate. Very few like the shredded and the stewed. It just depends right. on the individual. It does. Yeah, yeah. Very much. Very much. And then at the same time, go get yourself a good quality probiotic. Uh, you can get one with digestive enzymes or you can get enzymes separately. Um, you know, any health food store will have them. There's plenty that are made for dogs and cats. Um, like Animal Essentials makes plant enzymes mm-hmm. and probiotics. That would be a good one to use. And regardless of what they say on the label as far as directions, you just start with a pinch because it's a cat. Okay. And they're yeah. little. Yeah. And you just put a pinch on the food every time you feed her. Yeah. Because I had one okay. cat, uh, my Bubba, when I got him, he was 38 pounds, okay? He, there was, he had no ground clearance. His front legs were bowed. He was so fat. And he was so carb addicted. I would take a line and I'd put space out uh, how many kibble, pieces of kibble. He had to walk to eat the kibble. And then at the end was some kibble mixed with canned food. And then pretty soon there was less and less kibble and more and more canned. And pretty soon I got him switched off the dry and into the canned food. Yeah. But some of them are really, it's tough. But you, do, you can do it. You can do it. Okay. Okay, but that right. feeding an indoor cat total dry food—that's what's going to send the, their pancreas right. and stuff and yeah, the renal into tailspin. Yeah, <laughs> so that's why the raw, the grain-free can is the best for in totally indoor cats. Yeah, and then you just okay. have to read through the labels to make sure that you're able to avoid chicken. Yep. Avoid chicken. And okay. Yeah, and some. Yeah. No, I got a question. When it's uh, let's say it doesn't say chicken, but it says eggs on it. Is that still considered somehow, chicken? Yeah, somehow that does seem to make a difference, and I don't know why. Okay. But, um, you might be safe with eggs and not be safe with chicken. And, of course, that doesn't mean anything for raw chicken, which right, is a right. totally different thing. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, okay. Does Did that help you? you? Some, 
Oh, yeah. Did you say something about not putting it in the refrigerator, like if we give her yeah, half see, in the morning? Well, or... I don't. When I do, uh, with my cats, I, you know, I got the five-ounce can, you know, that looks like a tuna can. Uh, half in the yeah. morning, half at night. I uh, would I feed the half in the morning, then I cover it, and I put it on top of the refrigerator because it already got fed at 9. He's going to get fed probably about 5, 6 o'clock. And unless right. it's, well, we have air conditioning, you know, unless you're sitting out like in a hundred yeah. degree weather, that's not good. But anyway, so I, I just, but if you do put it in the refrigerator, you got to make sure you got to, when you put it in the dish, put some hot tap water on it to bring it to room temperature. Don't ever feed okay. any cat or dog anything cold out of the refrigerator. Okay. It should be that room temperature. Sense. Do not put it in the right. microwave either. Okay. No. Right. Yeah, I typically All use right. one of those can covers and I just let the food sit on my kitchen countertop yep. until the evening and then yep. we're going to feed the rest of that can. Yep. Got to cover it though. Got to cover it. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay, kiddo. Appreciate okay. it greatly. All right. Uh, where are we at there, Carly? Okay. So it's time for trivia. All right. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. How much manure is hauled out of the livestock barn each year? How much manure? How many tons? I'll give you a hint on that one. It's tons, okay? And then what's the other one? What's the largest boar uh, that, uh, you know, they always have the largest boar every year? How big was the large? How many pounds was the largest, largest one they had down there? We'll be back. Carly back at the studio. Dr. Jessica Levy, holistic vet, here. And we're live out at the fair at our new digs at the... Uh, my talk booth it's right next to the northern hydraulics just you know south of it so please stop on by when you got a chance this week to come on out and we got the lactation station it's a awesome place and so we got so much going on here and you should see this new digs it's pretty cool I'm, I'm, I'm impressed rather high altitude I might need altitude sickness pills or something but it's, that's about it Dr. Jess how can they get a hold of you uh, the easiest way is through my website at and holistic-vet-care.com. Okay, Carly, Dr. Jess, you ready? How much manure is hauled out of the livestock barns each year to Hastings, Minnesota? To Hastings is where they put all that. Ooh, Why do they go, go so far out? Why didn't they try Hugo or something? But do you, it, where need, it is do you comp- need, need more manure? It, it is composted and mixed with dirt and used as fertilizer on more than a 1,000 acres of farm field. So how many tons of manure uh, during the fair do you think they take out? 30,000. Okay, what do you think? Um, 12 days of the fair, manure. Let's see here. I want to say like 45,000. <laughs> 3,000 tons. Oh. 3,000 tons of manure. Now we're way okay. over. Yeah, right? there you go. There's oh. some minimal poopage there. You there ready is. for this? Okay, there is what animal is shown at the state fair, and unlike other livestock, the, do, they do not have uh, breed names. We were just talking about this, yeah, Dr. We Jess. You can't, that. you can't answer this. Pigs? That, Carly, do you have any idea? Any of you guys know? Is it pigs? No, that door nope. there's not nope. breeds of pigs. I mean, uh, uh, there are breeds. I mean, of there pigs. are breeds, but the animal we're talking about, there is. It's just an animal, but there is no breeds. You know, like Rottweiler, German Shepherd, yeah. like in dogs. Okay. I didn't know that there were breeds of pigs. Yeah, there are. Yeah, yeah there's uh, Durack. There's belly. Yorkshire <laughs> Durack. Uh, yeah, Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. there's other ones. All right. Um, yes, bingo! She hit it. Alpacas, oh, llamas. Oh. Yep. There is no breeds. I never knew that. Hi. How you doing? Yes, I did not know that. That is just quite the... That's unbelievable. Okay. And then how many baby animals are born at CHS Miracle uh, Center of Birth each year? How many? Including calves, lambs, and piglets. Do you have any idea? 500. Carly? Um, I want to say like 300. Hey, you're close. 200. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. And the last question is the largest boar. And I remember seeing this guy because I was totally infatuated with him. He wasn't moving much. But yeah. uh, the largest boar. What was the largest boar? Do you have any idea how many pounds he was? Anybody? I have no idea. About 2,500. Nope, 1,450 pounds. Good Lord. Largest boar ever. Yeah, that's a big pig. So they Thanks, Gail. Take a care. Crane to like put what? him in? Like, how did, how did they move? No, no, no. no. He, he, he could walk. Oh, he, he could oh, walk. He just, big. Okay. just very slowly. And I hope he wasn't breeding too many gals because, boy, that's that's a lot of meat. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't do much natural insemination with pigs. But, yeah, no, yeah, that's crazy. Okay, what? Well, Oh, <laughs> Abigail's taking stuff as we talk, we're talking here. Okay. Uh, oh, no. We got a call? Got a caller? We don't have any callers. Oh, good. Then that means we get to talk. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. We were talking, yeah. Now, we were talking earlier, too, about thi- hyperthyroidism. Okay. Yeah. You were telling us about, telling me about one of your clients? Um, it, yeah. So, um, I have a client who's got a young golden retriever. Um and, you know, he's been on raw food since they got him as a puppy. He's been on dry food a couple times because he's gone away for hunting training. Mm-hmm. And he did have um, a rabies vaccine. I don't know what other vaccines he's had. Um, and this dog is like a nut. Uh, <laughs> he's a golden retriever. Yeah, but the oh, hunting God. trainers love this dog. He's like one of these super crazed, intense dogs. Okay. Okay. No end of energy. And yet the owner noticed that his coat was really, really dry and kind of fluffy. And so we tested his thyroid through Gene Dodd's lab at Hemopet. Sure enough, he's hypothyroid. And hypothyroid means? Means that your thyroid gland is low functioning. Hypo. Hypo. And hyper is is high. Hyper is high. And only cats go high, dogs go low. Okay. Okay. Um, But it's interesting. So not every dog is going to have all the classical symptoms of hypothyroidism. So he wasn't losing any hair. He didn't have a pot belly. He wasn't panting in the house. He had no shortage of energy. Okay. And yet he was And he's only a year and a half. Yeah, he's a young, young dog. Wow. Um, And so, you know, one of the things that I come around to a lot is that, you know, most labs will run a total T4 for a thyroid hormone level. And then there are other thyroid hormone values that can be tested, but it's, it's really difficult to know what they mean. And so there are different thyroid panels available because nobody really knows, like, what is the best way to diagnose hypothyroidism. Oh, really? And so that's why typically I will just send the blood sample to Jean Dodds because she is the reigning expert on hypothyroidism in oh, dogs. Okay. And she looks at a bunch of different values, and she. But I like her approach also because she wants to know what breed the dog is, how old it is, mm-hmm. what it's being fed, what medications it's oh, on. Big picture. And then she comes back and she tells you, you know, these are the values, but because of this, this dog is hypothyroid, or this one is not. By changing the diet, can you change the thyroid function, or do you, does it, they automatically have to um, go on? Well, you know, I mean, I do like to put my patients on a raw food diet, and right. so that's kind of like the basis for health. In dogs, yep. hypothyroidism is often an autoimmune disease, and so, of course, the approach to the immune system is through the guts. Right. So, yeah. Okay. So, uh, but can you cure hypothyroid or hypo or hyperthyroidism through, through diet, or um, do they still have to have well, you know, right, medicines? Some dogs will do pretty well on supplements and will be able to maintain themselves. Um, it's kind of a long-term experiment to see, like, if they could ever be weaned off these okay. supplements, okay. if their thyroid is going to normalize. Mm-hmm. Um, and some dogs, you know, don't respond if their thyroid has totally quit functioning, and okay. then they do need to be on replacement drugs. Okay. 
Okay, uh, this I know this. But, but it's interesting because, like, you know, there's a tendency uh, in veterinary medicine, like if your dog is itchy or has skin problems or, you know, you say, oh, my God, my dog keeps gaining weight. No matter what I do, uh, even if the thyroid is within the normal range or if it's low normal, there's a tendency to say, well, maybe he's hypothyroid. Let's put him on medication. Okay. But you do not want to start lifelong medication if you don't have to. And so that's why I use the lab at Hemopet because they'll tell me for sure mm-hmm. so you get that whiff i just kind of whiffs if something smells really good to eat and i can't put my finger that's out, okay sure after we work. leave her we're going to go look for more food there we go we have an agenda earth wind and fire is playing at the grandstand we just heard them warming up with this little bit ago earth wind oh. and fire i myself not a fan well, we could stop by, but on the other hand, there's yeah. mini donuts, so... Eh. Yeah, you get mini donuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it goes. Okay, now I have a question for you. We didn't talk about this, but diabetes. I do not understand why most vets, when a cat or a dog is, especially cats, when they're di- diagnosed with diabetes, that they d- just want to give them insulin and not pull them off the dry food, which is 50% carbs, 60% carbs, which turn into sugar. Why, uh, Why? If they, especially if they're first diagnosed, that not getting, you know, pulling the sugar well, from... They, well, they do often change them to one of the prescription diets for diabetes, but unfortunately, you're right. A dry food is just going to be way too much carbs for a diabetic animal, or for any cat, really, which right. is why they get diabetes, is because they're fed super high-carb right uh sugary foods because they should be fed to dog or cat they should be well get them uh get right. them lose some weight number one but they should not be fed the dry foods for the fact that that it's at least 50 60 percent carbs it turns correct. into sugar correct. so they should go into correct a but the thing is but even with even with the canned prescription diets i mean you really have to read the ingredients on those diets and you'll see they're so low in protein and it's very poor protein Okay. Um, like a lot of times the protein source is pork protein isolate or soy protein isolate. You know, why not just feed them actual food? food like, yep. you know, if you became diabetic, you would not think that, you know, eating cereal out of a box was going to be helpful to you. Yeah. And it's so it's so it's kind of like that for diabetic cats and dogs is we really have to get them off of processed foods, get them onto real food so that they can have a hope of stabilizing their blood sugar. Otherwise, they're just going to be heck to manage. See, another thing I don't understand is that we take, if you're, uh, humans are diabetic, they take, test your test at least, t- test their blood at least two, three times a day, if not more. Right. And, and, and with and animals, you, we don't do that. Yeah, but you can. You can. I mean, you can get a glucometer <coughs> and, you know, figure out how to do it. Uh-huh. So, okay. but, but the thing with... The thing with diabetes, though, is that you don't want to be constantly changing that dose of insulin. So you don't want to say, well, I'm really, you know, today right. we're high. We yeah. should give more right. because it takes your body weeks to adjust to a dose of insulin. Okay. So actually, you want to, like, come up with a plan, put it in place, and then don't change anything okay. for at least a couple of weeks. And then kind of come in and say, Revisit. okay, how is this okay. exactly? How is this okay. affecting my patient? How okay. are they responding to it? I have had clients who... You know, every morning they test their pet, and that's how they decide how much insulin to get, and those animals are never regulated. Okay. That's just making their bodies crazy. Mm-hmm. It's too easy to give too much insulin, and what happens when you overdose on insulin is your blood sugar drops and then goes way high okay. as your body responds to hypoglycemia and says, oh, gosh, no, we can't let this happen. More sugar, more sugar. Okay. And then you test it again, and you're like, what? The sugar's <laughs> higher. We need more insulin. And that, of course, is oh. exactly the wrong approach. Um, I rescued a cat once. Um, We're almost done here. Yeah, one of my clients was ready to give up on her cat, and the cat was on 20 units of insulin every day. And so we took her off of all insulin, fed her raw food, and she recovered for several more years. Well, thank you, Dr. Jeff. 
He's wild. He's sweet. He'll shred your couch on a whim. Then come crawling back to you, purring happily at your feet. His behavior may be erratic, but he's still the world's best cat, who deserves nothing less than world's best cat litter. The number one natural and sustainable litter brand with no harmful chemicals or silica dust. Trade your clay today. Get world's best cat litter for the world's best cat.